in 2024, we must grow in our obedience to Jesus' command for us to love one another. In this year, 2024, we must grow in our obedience to our Lord's command for us to love one another. You've noticed that I read in John 13 and not in John 7, so I've kind of fast-forwarded the tape through the Gospel of John because I want to give you a taste of my annual report and my pastoral vision for 2024 because I know that not all of you are going to read all 2,000 words of my annual report and some of you aren't even going to stick around for the meeting where I share some of the highlights for it. So I got a captive audience. I'm going to give it to you right here. We won't get to chapter 13 for several more months. We've only just finished up chapter 6 last week. But as I've been praying about what to write in my annual report for today's meeting, my mind has just kept jumping ahead seven chapters to this new command that Jesus gave his disciples in chapter 13. You know, every year I try to sum up the year with a word or a phrase. Last year it was, does anybody remember? That was a long time ago, right? It was good. Very simple word, good. I had been praying for a good year for us in 22, and the Lord gave us one. Praise his name. Well, the word I ended up choosing for 23 was exceptional. Exceptional. I had been praying that the Lord would shalom us. Remember this? Or prosper us in 23. From, we've been studying Jeremiah 29, 11 with the Lord's promise to shalom his people, to give them peace and biblically understood prosperity. And I believe he gave us an exceptionally prosperous year last year in 23. There's never been quite a year like 2023 for Lance Free Church. One exceptional thing was the sabbatical that you gave me last year. You graciously relieved me of my pastoral responsibilities for an entire quarter of the year. I was gone from May to July, and you gave me a much-needed rest. Thank you so much. That was exceptional. I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. I really needed it. I didn't even realize how much I needed it. I had been burning the candle at both ends, and it was exactly what I needed. Thank you. But while I rested, you did not rest. This church went full steam ahead in 2023. The church elders and the other leaders carried all of my responsibilities, and you all kept the pedal to the metal on our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. I was so proud of you. And it also showed me how exceptionally healthy our church currently is. Along the way in 2023, the Lord prospered us with more people. This room's full on a January morning. Our attendance grew at worship from, uh, by 11.8% to 142 people per Sunday. That's average, right? Some Sundays are higher, some Sundays are lower. I think there was one Sunday with 100 and one Sunday with 200, but the average was 142. But we have a lot more than 142 people who call our church home. Our attendance team tracked 293 distinct people who came onto our campus on Sunday mornings in 2023. A few of those were guests from out of town, but 235 different people showed up with some regularity. So on any given Sunday, there's 140 of us, but there's like 100 of us 
that aren't here, right? And it's a different 142 of us each week. Have you noticed that? When you look around, you're like, well, so-and-so isn't here and -and so-and-so isn't here, but I don't know those people and I know those people. We've grown. The Lord has also prospered us with many more members. We received 11 new members at our meeting in December, and there are eight more for us to present for membership at today's meeting. Praise the Lord. I'm not good at math. You may have figured that out. But that's 19 new members since this time last year. That's a 24.3% increase in church membership in the last 12 months, like a quarter. That's the most new members I've ever seen in my 25 years here as your pastor and the most members we've had in my time here too, at one time, at my time here too. The Lord is doing something exceptional among us and I praise him for it, amen? I say all that and a lot more in my annual report. Come to the meeting to hear more. So what is my vision for 2024? That's looking back. What about this year? As I think about the challenge that lay ahead, my mind keeps coming back to our Lord's new command for his disciples. You must love one another. Let me read it for us again. It's short, but so powerful. It's John 13, 34 and 35. Do you have it in front of you? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus gave this command to his followers on the night before the crucifixion. It was at what we call the Last Supper. Judas Iscariot had just left the room to go betray him. We just learned last week in chapter 6 that Judas was going to do that someday. Well, now he's done it. And Jesus is teaching his disciples more about God's glory. How the Father is going to glorify the Son and be glorified by the Son, paradoxically, by his suffering. And Jesus has said that he is going away. And the disciples cannot follow him where he's going. I can hardly wait to get to chapters 13 through 17 and study that passage with you in depth. It is just some of the most beautiful, gut-wrenching, mind-blowing, wonderful truth in the whole world. John 13 through 17. And it's in that context at the Last Supper that Jesus issues this command. He calls it a new command. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Do you hear the repetition? Three times in two verses, Jesus presses home this command. Love one another, love one another, love one another. Well, I have three points of application this morning, and they're all basically the same thing. Love one another. Here's the first one. Love one another to obey Jesus. In 2024, as a church family, we need to love one another to obey Jesus. It's interesting that we have to be commanded to do this, right? Apparently, this kind of love doesn't just happen naturally. We have to obey Jesus to do it. There must be something hard about it. Do you find it hard to love other Christians? You don't have to raise your hand. I know you do. I do. All Christians do. 
Christians have been struggling to love one another ever since Jesus gave this new command. That's because we're sinners and because we're different from each other. We don't all see things the same way. We don't always want the same things. I just had a sharp disagreement with one of you in the foyer before church this morning. We saw things differently. Love, it's work. We don't always want the same things. It's work. It's hard work to love one another. Love always sounds good until you have to start doing it, right? Think about 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right? We love to sing, or we love to talk about the love chapter during the month of February, or we read it at a wedding, right? 1 Corinthians 13, we love this. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That sounds great, doesn't it? Oh, it is great. Remember when we memorized that as a church together? I think it was 2008 we memorized the love chapter. It sounds great until you have to actually do it. It's hard to be patient. It's hard to always be kind. It takes work to not envy, to not boast, to not be proud. It's hard to not be rude to not be self-seeking, to not be easily angered. It's hard not to keep a record of wrongs. Well, I did this, they did this, they did this. So hard to throw that away. But that's what Jesus says we need to do with each other. Love one another to obey Jesus. Now those words, one another, are really important. They show up again and again in the New Testament. And every time they do, they give us another facet of what it means to love one another. I think there are over 50 times, 5-0, when the New Testament tells us something we're supposed to do with or to one another. One of these years, I could preach an entire year of messages and just do another one another each week. Though a bunch of them are simply love one another or some variation of that. John especially is stuck on repeating the new command so that we get it stuck in our little brains. One another, one another, one another, one another. It starts in many ways with knowing one another, right? I think that's one of our major challenges as a church right now. If there are 235 regular attenders and 142 of them on any given Sunday, it's hard for us to love each other because we don't know each other. And every one of us has that problem. I hear that from our older members, and I hear it from our new attenders. I just don't know all these new people. And who do you think has it harder? Well, it's the newer people, right? Because they hardly know anybody. So I love the new feature that Jenny's doing in the bulletin, where we get to know our new members. And we have a lovely picture of a wonderful Sudanochik in there this week. Yes! She's like, don't look at me, no! (laughs) Thank you, Sue, for introducing yourself. But we really need to do this for everybody, right? Especially those who have been here for a long time, because not only do we all need to know Sue, but Sue needs help to know everybody else. 
See, if you come in here and you know 100 people, you're 100 people ahead, right? If you come in here and you don't know 142 people, you're way behind in getting to know everybody. So we've got to help. So there's this amazing tool called the church directory. Did you know there was going to be a commercial today? Jenny's been updating this. You've been hearing about it for weeks. It's a list of all the people who call this church their family and how to get a hold of them. And we give this to everyone who calls this church their family. We put it in their mailboxes. Did you know you have a mailbox out there? If you don't, we want to give you one. Have you checked out your family's information in the directory for Jenny? Have you updated your photo? There's, it's just like we have a photo of Sue, so it's helpful to know who that is. We would like to have an updated photo of you so that people can put a name to that face and how that face looks today. You don't want a picture of me with big wavy hair on top of my head. <laughs> Nobody remembers that except for these two down here. Some of your kids are tiny in those pictures and they're not tiny anymore. But the Lord has something even more powerful than the directory that we can do to solve this problem. They didn't have directories in the early church, okay? But the Lord has something. He's given the church. He's commanded us to do in the New Testament to love one another, and it fixes the problem of knowing one another. It's really, really simple, and it's really, really powerful. It's called greet one another. Greet one another. I, I used to not notice that. Like, you read greetings and greet one another, greet one another in the Lord, greet one another in the Lord. It's in the letters. And you're like, okay, yep, yep, interesting. It's really important. It's one of the key ways that the church loves the church. The Apostle Paul is big on this command. Greet one another in the Lord. That means to say hi. It means to cross a boundary and welcome somebody. It means to shake a hand. It means to ask, how was your week? It means, to, it means like, I see you there. Right? It's just simply saying, I see you. With a little kid, it's really good to get down on their level. Now, don't do that if you can't get back up, right? But yeah, tell a little kid, give high five to a little one. Tell them, I see you. I know you. And you guys are doing this. I see you doing it. You're great at it. I see you greeting one another every Sunday. Keep it up, but do more. Don't just greet your friends. Don't just greet the people you greet every week. Keep greeting them, but expand. Go after others. Try to make it, like, make a game of it somehow. I'm not going to greet anybody I know until I've greeted somebody I don't. Now, I don't mean like, I'm sorry, I'm playing a game. I can't greet you right now. But make a beeline for that person. Like, I can't remember what their name is. Make it your goal to greet someone each week that you haven't greeted yet or recently. Don't wait for them to do it for you. Go and greet them. Now, some of you are introverts, and I'm like hurting you right now, right? Ooh, I do not want to do that, all right? Just make it your goal to greet one person. Just one. Just obey Jesus and go after one. Don't, you don't have to do 25 or 50 or 142. Just do one you don't know. They were, they're probably just waiting for it. But don't you wait for it. 
go after them. If everybody does it, we'll all meet in the middle, right? And don't worry about whether they've been a part of the church a long time and you're a new person. Everybody's feeling disconnected right now, right? Our long-term folks are saying, I just don't know all those people. New folks, this is a great opportunity because they all just can't wait to get to know you. Older folks, this is a great opportunity. They can't wait to get to know you. Greet one another. Welcome one another. Ask someone their name. You might have to do it several times before you get it down. That's okay. There is no command in the Bible to remember everybody's name. The Bible never says, remember everybody's name. The Bible says, greet one another in the Lord. Greet one another. And it says, pray for one another. That's another powerful way to show love for other disciples. When people bring up prayer requests here in church, jot it down and then pray for them. I know you do that. Keep it up. And Denise Sass is doing a wonderful job of keeping us updated on various prayer requests that come across on email. Do you get those prayer emails from Denise? See Jenny to get signed up for those if you don't get them already. They come at all hours of the day and the night into your inbox and then you can pray for them whenever you get them wherever you are. And you know where... You know one of the best places to pray? In this room. Take a prayer request from the people you greet on a Sunday and pray for them right then and there. You can, 10 seconds. You can be like, oh, can I pray for you on that? And then just right where you are, just give it 10 seconds of prayer together. 10 seconds of prayer on a Sunday can be used of God to answer their need and knit you together with your brother and sister in Christ in Christian love. You don't have to come forward to one of these corners after church, but that's another great place to get prayer. Pray for one another. We've got to spend more time with one another. That might just be lingering for a few minutes after church on Sundays. Don't rush out the door. Find somebody after church to build fellowship with. The Bible says we need to show hospitality to one another. That means to open up our homes to one another, to invite each other out for lunch. Everybody in this church eats. Amen. Am I right on that one? Is there anybody in this church that doesn't eat? I didn't think so. The Bible encourages us to eat with each other. That's hospitality. A bunch of us are going to do that in just a few minutes. We're going to be obeying Jesus when we eat with one another at that church family meal. Who could you invite out for lunch or over for lunch after church or on a Saturday or a weeknight? I got a whole list of people right here for, me to, for you to choose from. We need each other. We need to build community with one another. Nancy Wirtz just recently gave me a little devotional page she had read and been encouraged by from the Daily Bread. It said this, community is essential for our growth and support. Don't try to go it alone. God will develop that sense of community as you share your struggles and joys with others and draw near to him together. Amen. That's why we have things like the ladies' fellowship hour. That word was chosen intentionally because the ladies are having fellowship with one another. Or the Scasel's community group. It doesn't mean they're out in the community. It means they're having community with one another. 
and the youth group meeting starting tonight and the prayer meeting on Wednesday nights because we need to get into each other's lives in obedience to Jesus. And that's not always going to be easy, especially when we rub each other the wrong way. Another way we obey Jesus and show love for one another is to forgive one another. Or another one that goes with that is to bear with one another. These disciples of Jesus were going to disagree. They were going to sin against each other, in fact. They were going to struggle to get along with one another. All Christians do. But Jesus wanted them to love one another, and that always means being ready to reconcile and forgive and bear with each other in our weaknesses and failings. And the more Christians you have, the more sin you're going to have that needs forgiving. People ask me if I'm excited that our church has grown so much, and I am. But I also say, more people, more problems. More sinners, more sinning. And more people for me to hurt through my sin. We're going to need much grace for us to get along with one another as we grow. Our older generation is much larger than our younger generation. Even a lot of our newer members are older people, biologically. So our older generation, which includes me, needs to bear with the younger generation, especially as the younger generation steps up to lead us into our future. And our younger generation, no longer including me, needs to bear with the older generation, as you step into leadership of church, our church family into the future. New people will want to do things in new ways and we'll need to be patient with one another as we work it all out. And as we work it all out, we will not only obey Jesus, but honor him. That's point number two this morning. Love one another to honor Jesus. As we love one another, we will bring honor to our Lord. We will show that we are his disciples. That's what he said in verse 35. Did you catch it? By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's a distinguishing mark of the Christian to have brotherly love. The world will know that we belong to Jesus if we love one another. Say to the person next to you, we get to love one another in 24. Now, if you didn't do that, does that mean you're not planning to love them? Okay, that was the easy one. I want you to say to the person in front of you and the person behind you, we get to love one another in 24. Now, some of you are laughing. I wonder what that's about, you know. We get to love you. You get to love me. We get to love one another in 2024. And when we do, the world will have to sit up and take notice. There is a great need and opportunity for Christian love in our nation and our world right now. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but it looks like it's another national election year in America. I thought we just did that. And it looks downright divisive once again. Will those that name the name of Christ be known for their love in 2024? We have in this room Democrats 
Republicans, independents, and non-voters, all Christians. Will we love one another in 24? Will the world see the Christians loving each other and say to themselves, what's going on over there? I want some of that. They, they're not like one another. They disagree on a bunch of things, and yet, look at them go. These people, they, disagree. they obviously are loving one another. And of course, loving one another isn't even the hardest thing that Jesus asks us to do. He commands us to love even our enemies. But that's another message for another day. Do you see the opportunity the church has to honor Jesus in our world in 24? There's an epidemic of loneliness in our society right now. There's all kinds of causes for that, but whatever they are, it's out there. People are lonely. They may be connected through social media to more people than ever before, but they feel disconnected. They feel alone. What an opportunity we have to be family for these folks so that we can all sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. As we enfold people into our church family, we are honoring Jesus. We are acting as his disciples. He says, by this, all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another. By this. Not by what we proclaim about ourselves on social media. Not about what our bumper stickers say. But by how we treat one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. How are you doing at obeying this command? When you read those words, what, what comes to your mind? How does this sit with you this morning? What changes might you need to make? What is the Holy Spirit saying to your heart? What's he putting his finger upon? Because just as we have this great opportunity to honor the Lord Jesus by loving one another in 2024, we can also greatly dishonor the Lord Jesus by failing to love one another this year as well. And, I don't, and don't think that even as I emphasize bearing with and being patient with and living in harmony with one another, that I don't recognize that another key part of loving one another is exhorting one another and speaking the truth to one another. We may need to be sharp with one another at times this year because love speaks truth even when it hurts. The wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. But those kinds of wounds are always for the ultimate purpose of healing. They're always patient, always kind, never rude. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's the command of our commander. Those are the marching orders of our Lord. And he didn't just tell us all to do it. He showed us all how it's done. And that's number three and last. Love one another to follow Jesus in his example. Love one another to follow Jesus in his example. Let me ask you, what is new about the new command? Why does Jesus call it new? I mean, the Bible has told God's people to show love for a long time before this, right? Is that in the Old Testament? Yeah. It's in the law of Moses to show love. Love God 
and love your neighbor. That sums up the law, right? Jesus said it sums up the law. So that's not new. I suppose it's a little new that this is Jesus saying it to his disciples. So it's not just love for your neighbor, however conceived, but love for your fellow follower of Jesus. But I think the real newness of this command is the new standard of what love looks like. It used to be love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's Leviticus 19.18. And it's still a good guide for our conduct today. Love as you want to be loved. But he goes deeper here, doesn't he? Look at verse 34 one more time. A new command I give you, love one another. Sermon title, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus has shown us how it's done. Earlier this very evening, Jesus started the meal by taking a bucket and a towel and walking around the table, washing his disciples' feet. He acted as a servant, putting their needs above his. And just a few hours from when he says this, he's going to get nailed to a cross to show the true extent of his love. His love is so sacrificial and so powerful that he actually saves people eternally with it. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Because Jesus went to the cross for you, you can cross over from death to life and you can love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just to love them as you want to be loved, but to love our brothers and sisters like our Savior has loved you. You can follow Jesus' example and obey his new command. And if we do that, however imperfectly, people will have to stand up and take notice. They will be drawn to Jesus and our church will be exceptionally blessed once again. We must love one another in 24. We get to love one another in 24. To obey him, to honor him, and to follow Jesus' example so that Jesus gets the glory. Amen?